everybody. This is Tam Ryan. <laughs> and I'm Harvey Dickinson. <laughs> that was like the start to a really yeah. shit news at 10. Yeah, slick as fuck. Welcome to Dystopian Hot Dog, episode number eight. Eight, yeah. We are rampant now turning these out since oh. we started two years ago. Yeah, prolific. Mm. Not terrific, prolific. No. Prolific. Then that's those words that sound similar, because I talked to you earlier on about dedication. Ah, uh, yeah, and... and Defecation. Yes, which to the foreigner with a thin grasp of the English yeah. language could cause potentially an embarrassing situation. Yeah, because my little lad, because he's, he's seven and a half, stuff like poo, wee, all this sort of stuff is of interest to him. Yeah. And now that he's started to learn the more sort of like grown up terms for these, he's like, he knows like urine, uh, defecation. He's enjoying saying them out loud. Yeah. In, in supermarkets. And at, and at grandma's, which doesn't go well when grandma... His own grandma. His own grandma. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, go around granny's house. Yeah, he's got a list of grandmas. He's got, right, I'm going to go pick grandma Morrison off at number 42, because she's a stickler for this sort of shit. <laughs> no, he knocks on doors and shouts defecation yeah. at a pensioner it's and like, runs. He's like a modern day knock-a-door run. Yeah. He's like, yeah, instead of just legging it or leaving a turn on a lollipop stick, yeah. he's shouting grown-up terms. And you yeah. think the, grand, the stranger grand would go, what an impressive grasp of the English language in a seven-year-old boy. But it's going to split audiences, isn't it? Because there might be the granddad in the background going, that, that was a bit rude by that young man, but then the grandma might say, well, young people will always have an opinion and be a bit edgy, yeah. but as long as they are using the correct anatomical or physical terms, <laughs> yeah. then she's happy with that. Oh, in years to come, he's a candidate for countdown, isn't he? Because that is a conundrum. Isn't that a nine-letter conundrum? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. And I bet it's probably been a nine-letter conundrum. Yeah, hang on. D-E-F-E-C-A-T-I-O-N. Ah, oh, ruined it. Sorry, mate. So, um, but the, yeah, so um, dedication and defecation. If you're from a foreign land and you're learning the English language, it's something that you'd have to watch, isn't it? It is, in a job interview scenario. <laughs> exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. I come to this country <laughs> with a lot of, I, I bring you much defecation. Yeah, go home. Yeah, yeah get out. Get, we don't need any more shit piled onto the yeah. present shit that we've got. Yeah, go home. Go, go, you, you, I don't think Tam meant go home as in... Yeah, maybe. You didn't mean that. But I didn't mean the Farage take on No, things. you just meant go on, I mean, go a- have a cup of tea, and, yeah, and, and um, come back. You've you not got the job. Oh, were you, were you giving them the job? Come back? No, well, go on, come back. Well, I don't, I'd have to think it through. You're fucking them about a bit, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the life of an actor. Yeah, come back for a recall audition, you're penciled. Oh, and you've not got it. Oh. No, you've not got it. Oh. I'm lucky. Oh. Do, do you want to talk about that, Marvel? Um, well, you might, yeah, for anyone who listened to the last episode, um, I got a, um, a recall audition for really good money with a well-known dog food product. And the upshot is, is that I didn't get it. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. And this was on the back of the Scottish dungeon master you met on the intercity from Preston. Yeah. Who was inadvertently giving you some life advice. Sage advice, wasn't it? He proved the winner, didn't he? He proved the the winner. And and for a little while, when he said, why did you choose this way? We thought we might have chosen the right way by being an actor and going to London for an audition, but ultimately didn't get it. Mm. So the dungeon master was right. But where one door closes, another one opens. That's the cliched phrase that actors 
generally use in yeah. these situations. Yeah, enjoy a cliche. My missus enjoys a cliche. Yeah. But sometimes not getting the cliche right. Oh, misappropriated cliches. Yeah. Where, where did I write one down, actually? Because there was something else about Nicola that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Because obviously, remember with the bee last week where she felt that the bee should have yeah. shown a bit more, maybe poise in its thoughts. Yes. Um, wait, wait, wait up a bit. But basically, we're, I remember we were driving the kids to school one day and something happened and Nicola said, well, you know, empty vessels run deep. Mm. It's empty vessels make the most noise. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So what she's done is she's gone the polar opposite. Mm. Empty vessels (laughs) run deep. She's got the still waters one mixed up. Actually, still waters run deep. That's right. But in her head, still waters make the most noise. (laughs) I don't know if you've been by Lake Windermere, but... But you don't get much many waves no, crashing off that it, fucker. It's the precise reason that people visit the Lake District. To, to see the mirror image of the hills in the background reflected mm. onto the placid lake, the mm. lake that doesn't make any noise. Peace and tranquility. Peace and tranquility. But in Nicola's mind, that lake is a noisy fucker. Yeah, but maybe she's a genius in turning that upside down and maybe there's more to that cliche. Nicola, let's remember, is on the verge of securing her PhD. That's right. I'm, I'm a dickhead. Who are we to judge? Yeah, yeah. We're the dickheads who go around entertaining people. Yeah. Well, well when I say entertaining people, loosely entertaining people. Loosely. I was entertaining last night. Whoa, Story. How'd it go? Not very well. Okay. Well, actually, for a long period, very well. Right. One ill-judged line, because you haven't quite summed up your audience correctly, can change the whole atmosphere in the room very, very quickly. Do tell us. So, to set the scene, I'm working at a, a hotel on the front in Blackpool. <laughs> what a moment for me. <laughs> yeah, what a moment for all concerned. breaking lot of grey rinses in. It's older end. Yeah. Um, so generally, you'd cater the material to serve your audience, wouldn't you? But I'm at a stage in my career now where I am less bothered about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need a bit more self-fulfilment because I'm a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you readily agree. I readily agree with you being a bit of an arsehole. But, yeah. but yeah, you're happy to chuck in things yeah. just to amuse For yourself. Me, because otherwise... I see the the vacuous job that I'm doing, I think. So it makes it more tolerable. I've done, let's say, some anecdotal humour about Jedward. Britain's Got Talent. No, was it Britain's Got Talent? X Factor. Protégés. About how Jedward formed their name. They took the J from John and the Edward from Edward. Yeah. Why weren't they called Peter and Rick? Yeah. 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 And Rita. Yeah, the dyslexics in the audience went, yeah, Rita, all right, okay. Uh, so it got a slight titter, but usually goes a bit yeah. bigger. Now, yeah. that was probably entirely due to my bad telling of the joke. Yeah. But in that moment, a degree of, it's not panic sets in, but, well, I haven't got the, the, the full currency from that laugh. You've not been rewarded, have you? You're Correct. Rewarded. So I wanted to follow it up with something. But what I followed it up with killed everything. So I said... Yeah, I saw Jedward on Celebrity Big Brother in the swimming pool. Where's Barrymore when you need him? <laughs> oh. Who, in fact, was acquitted. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, it, but what was it? Was it like um, a dead young gay guy yeah. in his swimming pool? Yes. Had sex taken place? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there. No, I wasn't either. No. So uh, you, you chucked in Barrymore. Yeah, I've chucked in Barrymore. And these older ones, they don't like knowing the ins and outs of that. So they'll shut off 
They just want to remember, well, strike it looking there was, th- Exactly. There was a lot of folded arms, at which point I said, here's Runaway by Del Shannon. <laughs> I even did that thing where you drop the volume for them to sing. Wah, 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 wah. Maybe two people did it. So Shit. there you go. How to kill the room with me, Tam Ryan. <laughs> So speaking of um, deaths, um, Madeline McCann, while we're keeping it light. Yeah, lovely. Because we don't know if she's dead. We don't know if she's dead. Whatever's happened to her was a tragedy because Mm. she's either dead or she was taken away from her family and raised elsewhere. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And it's one of those those stories of modern times that has polarised... The people's perception of yeah, what yeah, did yeah. it's almost like the Brexit of child disappearances, isn't it? Very similar. in the way that it's polarized. Yeah, everyone. All I know is that when I was young, mm. parents leave used to leave the kids places. Correct. I remember being left to sit outside because I wasn't allowed in certain pubs with my dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this pub you have to just sit outside with a blackcurrant and some Tudor crisps. Tudor crisps. Yeah, because Tudor was more the rage in the eighties, wasn't it? Remember Tudor crisps? No. Tudor was basically a brand of crisps, and um, I don't know if it was a Geordie company, but in the advert, there used to be always be, the, the the catchphrase was Tudor, a canny bag of crisps. Okay. Do you remember that? No, I have no idea what you're talking. Well, about. Well, our one listener will. Right. Was Henry VIII on there? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no reference. I don't think to history in that sense. Right. No War of the Roses info on the packet okay. from memory. Right. But um, yeah, Tudor, a canny bag of crisps. Okay. Well, we sidetracked to Tudor crisps, but anyway. But, but but the point is, is that parents used to leave kids mm. in the car, mm. in the outside pubs with with Tudor crisps. There was a general thing where parents used to leave their kids. Different times. Different times. Plungington Road in Preston. 1985. Mm. My sister is 18 months or It's the summer of 85 anyway. On Plungington Road, there was Plungington Conservative Club, which used to baffle me as well, because I used to hear my dad shouting bastard at the telly mm. when Thatcher would pop up on the telly. Okay. Yet my dad used to drink in a place and order a pint of mix. <laughs> yeah. Thatcher's face smiling yeah. down. <laughs> and it made me think, this is weird, because dad normally hates her, but he's having a nice drink. He's toasting her. He's toasting her. Yeah. It, and, the, and she had a half smile on this photo, and it made me think, now looking back, would working class men have had a bit of a fantasy about Thatcher sometimes. There's something about the power of Thatcher. Mm. Would it have floated their boat? So anyway, in this con club, there used to be a bookies right across the across the way. Now, nowadays, we just look on our apps and we place a bet where we're sat in the pub. We do. Back then, in the 80s, you had to get off your arse. Forms, pencils. Forms, pencils. Pay your tax. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to go across the road. To, yeah. But it is literally across the road. Yeah. But because they were ingenious back then and they'd said to William Hill, they'd gone, oh, William, can we take some of the pens and the betting slips into the pub with us uh-huh. so we can make in our bets yeah. in the pub? Yeah. But then between each race, one of them would go across the road and put the bets on. Okay. This one day, I'm sat in the pub with my dad, putting his bets on. He's had five or six drinks. He's probably pissed, isn't he? You'd think so. My sister's there. He's on his way. His sister's like a few months old. The William Hill bookies, as we're leaving, has two entrances. So there's the south entrance and the north entrance. So I go in with me dad. He leaves me sister outside the south entrance. Leaves her in a pram outside. On the pavement. On the pavement, outside <clears throat> the bookies. Because people used to leave prams outside shops. Yeah. 
Do you remember that? Yeah, like like dogs. Like dogs. He's gone in the south entrance. He's put his bet on. Mm. We go out the north. Exit. Oh my God, you've left your sister in the pram. It's about a six minute walk home from there. Walks in through the door. My mum says, where's, where's Carly? My dad doesn't even say a word. His face goes white and he fucking legs it back to the bookies. Three or four minutes running back, plunging some road in Preston. Yeah. Mate, this isn't Alderley Edge we're no, after. No, no. It's, it's a rum area, yeah. Plungington in Preston. Yeah, I can imagine. And he's left her there in a little buggy, 25 minutes. So ironically, the odds of him retrieving your sister, there's been a lot of money on the favourite that she's probably gone. If anyone's still sat in the con club looking outside at Dave Dickey, who's just left his daughter, mm. they've gone, get some money on her doing a Madeline. Correct. Even before a Madeline was a thing. Yeah. Someone's so all these, pair, all these people that fucking slag off the McCanns for leaving the baby locked. Was, was she locked? I don't know. Don't expect me to have all the facts here. No. Well, I, I think she was in, in a locked room unattended. But you're right. The faux outrage. <clears throat> I mean, we should perhaps wrap it up and say that there was a happy ending. But, oh, yeah, she was there. <laughs> Goodness, she, was, she was never seen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you ever seen a, a little girl <laughs> yeah. who's not a little girl anymore, she's probably about 34 now. No, no, she was happily reunited. Oh, yeah, she was luckily. there. Yeah, yeah, luckily, luckily. But, but but even this, though, even this, I remember mum going something like afterwards, going, you bloody idiot. What do you want for your tea? Chip pan's on. Because <laughs> the chip pan would have been on, and it would have either been corned beef, spam, bacon, yeah. with pickle, maybe angel delight for a dessert. Oh, yeah, angel I think, delight. I think because it had strawberry flavouring, yeah. I think that was classed as a fruit back then. Yes, yeah, so that's one of your five a day. Yeah, one of your five a day. Butterscotch, that was my particular. Was oh, oh, I, I loved the that. butterscotch, angel never, delight. Never did that. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. All right, I think you said whiskey. I'm <laughs> not <laughs> fucking Ellie Barnsley. Yeah, whiskey flavoured angel delight. <laughs> But no, back to McCann. The faux outrage from yeah. people who... Some people lose their minds oh over my it, don't God. they? There's no. one or two people on Facebook. That, absolutely. There's someone we won't name, but who's a mutual acquaintance of Do ours. Do we know? His, his first name begins with L? Yes. Yeah, oh, oh mate. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's almost to the point of obsessive. And I don't get it. I don't get it because, quite frankly, you weren't there... You don't know. Nobody knows. We don't know. Nobody knows. We, he, he doesn't know. He, he def- definitely doesn't he definitely know. Don't, no, he definitely doesn't. You've got more of a grasp on it because you've been in a situation in the 80s yeah. where your dad's left your sister stranded outside of William Hill in Preston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got more of a grip on that situation. Exactly. I don't think this chap we're talking about has actually got a child. No, he hasn't. He definitely hasn't. I don't understand. And we're not picking on him entirely, but how anyone can have the, the depth of feeling about it, that's the difference. And part of it, if you analyse it, is because they are, they, they're not a working class couple. No. They're managing their emotions professionally. Yeah, they're keeping they're a lid on it, aren't they? No outpouring of emotion in a press conference at any stage. And I think they find that very difficult. They want to see a more public show. They can't warm to them, can they? That's, that's the, I suppose, that's But I'll tell thing. you who was good. It doesn't, that doesn't indicate guilt. No, no. I, but I'll tell you who was good at having an, out, an outpouring of grief was Shannon Matthews' mum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it turns out she... Yes. ...had organised her daughter was to... the perpetrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. think again. So, so think on. Yeah. Think, think on. Think on, yeah. Because 
Because for three days, or it's probably longer than that, yeah. wasn't it? By the way, how good, I've just touched Tam's arm because this was really, was that was that your way actually, Barnsley way was it? Dewsbury. Dewsbury. Not Tuesday, from Dewsbury. Yorkshire. You want to know. Always comes back to Yorkshire. Always. This is what happens. I bet Shannon Matthews, when she was a kid, was fed whiskey angel <laughs> like, That's what's fucking warped her mind. So, because it was a rolling coverage, wasn't it? And yes. remember when they yeah. found her? Yeah. And it went to the street parties. Yeah. And you got Sky News and BBC being all professional. Yeah. And in the background, it's like a scene from Shameless. Yeah. I'm sure I saw some people <laughs> with cans of Carlsberg and special brew. Yeah. We found her. She were under bed at Uncle's. She were under Uncle's bed. <laughs> we were under Uncle Beadle's bed. Look, <laughs> in the background, you just see someone being fingered. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> On a driveway. Some, some fucking, some illegal dog fighting going on. <laughs> Fires everywhere. It was, just, it was just amazing. Yeah, someone in a wheelie bin. Yeah, kids just necking blue wicked. <laughs> so there's two ways of looking at it. There's the Shannon Matthews's mom crying her eyes out when she knows she knows that her child's under Absolutely. the bed. She knows. She knows she's under there. Yet yeah. you've got Madeline McCann's mom and dad who are keeping this British stiff upper lip, mm-hmm. and they don't know. They don't know, mate. And no, but and the point is, nobody knows. Netflix obviously done the new the, the new documentary as as they have done with Jackson Colin Jackson yeah <laughs> who's exonerated no yeah. but that, but isn't that interesting because now when you remember people who have since been shamed you've got to only refer to them by their surname it's Savile yeah. Glitter Savile Glitter Savile Glitter Jackson what a band that would have made yeah <laughs> you haven't watched it have you. Leaving Neverland. I've not watched it, no. I, I want to watch it. My missus was in the other night. She said, what do you fancy watching on television? Should we just destroy the remaining bastions of innocence of our childhood? Yeah. And watch Leaving Neverland. And we did. And the people who still believe that Michael Jackson was a pure, innocent soul, I liken them now to Holocaust deniers. Yeah. The was it not reality a, is. Was it not a really unbalanced documentary though? That's all I've read about it. Well, it's, it's basically it's the case who, for the who's, prosecution. Who's, who's made that assertion though? Well, it's just these fans. Lots. <laughs> yeah. We love you, Michael. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> we love you, Michael. <laughs> what, what ailments have they got altogether? <laughs> this, this person sounds like they've well, been shouting that hard. They've got a range of chest infections. You, you went a bit. Dr. Coverchop with your neck as well, a bit Gladstone <laughs> Small. Every every impression I do, my shoulders have to come into right, my okay, neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably argue it's imbalanced. You can't argue honesty and the earnestness of the victims. Did he used to take his did he used to take him to bed, did he? Well, this is the thing, right? Imagine this situation, and I know what we were saying earlier, different times. Take Michael Jackson's fame and iconicity out of it. You're the mother of a seven year old boy. Yeah. You're told, yeah, yeah, I'm going to sleep with this child tonight in my bed. And you go, oh, right, well, where am I sleeping? Yeah, you're going to be sleeping uh, on the seventh floor. Yeah, on, on East Wing. You, yeah, you'll be miles away. Pick him up in the morning. I'll give him his Weetabix. I'll but, slip him a croissant. That's right. Croissant. <laughs> croissant. <laughs> croissant. <laughs> I will slip him a croissant. <laughs> I will slip him a croissant. <laughs> You see, when he did that voice, Jackson, she should have thought there's something not right about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed fine. He's talking in his Michael Jackson way for a little while. And then yeah, he went, I'll let you go. Quite off. Quite off.
if one of the leading figures of 80s and 90s culture is essentially a bad human being, yeah. then that means the world is essentially a malevolent place. Yeah, yeah, because it, all the structures around him enabled him to, to feed the croissants. But you said it was a tough watch. And I agree with everything you've said there. But I remember a tough watch as a kid. Remember them watches where it would have like the anti-scuff face? <laughs> and my mate... I, I can't lovely what, segue. Segways yeah, yeah. with Marvin Dickinson. But, but I always wanted this tough watch. I remember right. my mum and dad eventually bought me one of these watches that, and it said it had an anti-scuff face. And I remember falling over once, Lulworth Avenue, okay. and I got up and the fucking face had scuffed. Ugh. The only reason I had this watch, Tam was because it was meant to be an anti-scuff yeah. face. Yeah. Now, you talk about a tough watch, and what happened to the kids, obviously, back then with yeah. Jackson was horrendous. Yeah. But how I felt, I felt like I'd been abused that night yeah. by Cassio. Yeah. Cassio had, had bummed me mm. that night. Mm. There was a bumming taking place that yeah, night. Yeah, they, they'd fed you. And I think it was night time. It was twilight. So what I'm saying is, is that Jackson was a bad man, but in the 80s, Cassio, the watch people, and they can come at me with their lawyers, Cassio... Bummed people. <laughs> With their marketing. With their marketing. Shatterproof rulers in the same way. Yeah, shatterproof. Shat on my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a new one. Kevin, um, the Channel 4, he's done stuff on Channel 4. And Kevin? It, uh, he's in his character called Mind Cop. So basically, is this character would turn up at the scene of a crime. Yeah. And so the body's there on the floor. And it would have this kind of voice where he's like this, this cop... His assistant will come over and go, hey, Sir, we found evidence. I go, Leave me alone when I'm trying to get inside of the mind of the killer. <laughs> and he'd he try to access the mind of the killer. Right. And then he'd go, I'm there, I've got him. Oh, man! <laughs> and he would always make the killer this sort of black street <laughs> That's exceptional. Oh, my God. And, and he would, like, take on the persona. And it would just be like, and his assistants would be beside him, just like looking. Is that? Oh, I need to know yeah, who that we'll have, is. We'll have to look that up. What's yeah, we'll his name? Kevin. But it's a brilliant character. It's a, I don't. I don't think he'd do it now. It's going back a few years because obviously there's the race. But because it's so blatantly ridiculous. Yeah. You know, maybe it's. Maybe it's a parody of what the being a cop is like because some cops are racist. Some cops are. Not all. Cops. Not all of them are. Like some Brexiteers are racist. Not all of them are. No. Did you see that? Oh, Will oh, Self. Will Did you Self. see Will Jesus Self? Christ. Can we play it? Because it was so fucking good, that. Yeah. What's his name? Mark, Mark um, Francois. Mark Francois. Which is interesting as well, because that's not a British name, is it, Francois? Well, that, the irony of it. The irony indeed, yeah. mate. Francois, that name reminds me of Silvino Francisco and Peter Francisco, the snooker playing brothers. Yes, yes. Silvino Francisco definitely looked like a vampire. <laughs> and the fact that... And also backed up by the fact that <laughs> snooker clubs are dark places. Yeah. Definite vampire, Wally Francisco. Oh, um, unquestionably a vampire. Unquestionably. And the fact that ultimately he got banned from the game, I think, for a period of time for bribe. He took a, Yes, he did. Yeah, he took he a did. bribe, didn't he? But back in that, snooker was like the fucking Wild West. Oh, right man. You know, Werbenick, he was there. Pissed as a fart. Oh, pissed Werbenick, as a fucking noose. Pissed as a fart. Could hardly pick his cue up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Thorben tabbing it. Thorben, Jimmy White yeah. tabbing it. Higgins, fag, in between oh, each finger. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. What great what, what days. What great days. Yeah. The darts as well. Yeah. Full on pint glasses yeah, in Jockey the background. Jockey Wilson off his chops. Couldn't throw a dart till he had six pints in him. Correct. Yeah. Wonderful times. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful yeah. times. 80s culture. Anyway, we Brexit. digress. 
Listen, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of you will have heard this interview, but the stare out at the oh, end yeah, yeah, was yeah. magnificent, which may not work well on a I was going to say, is podcast, this going to read? <laughs> but, well, let's find out, because... Well, I mean, it, it is Brexit, in a point of fact. I mean, you know, Mark made to cry and this, and, I, and I believe... To do with Brexit. Mark made to cry this, and I... Well, it actually has. It's got a lot to do with Brexit. Well, because since 2016, your problem really, Mark, is not that you, you, have, you have to be a racist or an anti-Semite to vote for Brexit. It's just that every racist and anti-Semite in the country did. I think that's a slur so, on uh, 17.4 million people. It's not. I think you should apologise on national television. I think that's an outrageous... What, 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 what a prick. Apologise for what? The next bit's actually magnificent yeah. because, uh, because... Because, to be fair, I'm, I'm, all, I'm over it to some degree now. Are you, mate? Yeah, I, I'm over it. I mean... It didn't turn out I wanted, but but you've still got pricks like this trying to divide the country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like it's totally valid to say anyone who's a bit racist yeah. might have voted leave. Well, the, the next bit of the video, which was incredible, a really good interview, Will Self actually said, apologise to who? Racists and anti-Semites. <laughs> <laughs> which he completely... <laughs> <laughs> completely ignored. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's why I just gl- gl- glossed over. And he heard what he wanted to hear. He kept saying, so you're saying 17.4 yeah. million people are the- all racist. And Will Self's going, no, that is not what I said. All you've got to do is listen to my yeah. words that I am speaking. Do you know what? It's like, it's like you know, in certain constituencies, you know, they, they talk about, especially northern, northern towns and cities where you could put a pig in a red rosette and they vote Labour. Do you know yes. what I mean? So wherever, I think, is it somewhere Haynal or something like that? I don't know his constituency. But you must be able to put any fucker in a blue rosette and they vote him in because look at that guy. He goes on about, I was a member of the British Army. He was like, he was in the TA. Or was he really? He was in the TA. I don't know much about that. He, he was just Francois. fucking about at the weekends, right. you know, in a canoe. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's Duke of Edinburgh. In, in terms, I mean, Silvino Francisco might have been a vampire who took bribes mm. in the 80s. And, you know, more trustworthy than more Mark trustworthy Francois. Than, yeah. Fighting was interesting at school, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd never used to get involved. Oh, no, I, I can imagine me and you were a similar sort of yeah. fighting standard. Go on, then. Oi, oi, oi. Right in the background. Not yeah. even on the first row of the circle that inevitably formed. No, no. Always on the back, back of the circle, just in case you got inadvertently pulled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember being in a fight once when I was about 11 or 12 and just thinking... I'm going to keep fighting, but can someone stop it? Any chance someone's stopping it? Please mm. stop it. Just mm. stop it. Do you really? Just stop it. I'll keep fighting, but can someone stop it now? Stop it, please. <laughs> Any chance of stopping it? Thank fuck, there's the headmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Travis comes wading over. Yeah. Because it was 87, okay. he was still the headmaster in his full black fucking oh, right. robes and everything. Yeah, yeah, the sure. only thing he didn't have was the... Um, the, bit, the mortarboard. mortarboard. Did you nearly say a burka on that? Because what, 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 what a lot of white male... <laughs> Headmasters in the eighties in Preston used to was wear a billboard and a burka. <laughs> Classic headmaster clobber, just so they could give you the eyes, just the eyes. They'd intimidate yeah. with just the eyes. No, he came out and he basically just took me and me and my mate Archie. Um, mm-hmm. He took us into his office and gave us a proper sort of like chat about how to behave and good. It was, it was good actually. He didn't nice bother because he just was like, "What are you doing?" My experiences were very different to yours because I went to a private school. When I got collared for smoking outside school. What had happened was I'd attended a party in a house and lots of the grammar school boys were there and it was my first time really of trying uh, narcotics. 15 or 16 years old, I've, I've, I've said it in a surprisingly chirpy tone and do you remember Poppers? 
Yeah, poppers. Now, Wigan Pier, I used to enjoy a popper. There you go. Now, I say narcotics. Poppers didn't really count. Yeah, yeah. You've not gone class A's here, have you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell, here we go, Tom. <laughs> this, here we go. this is one for the grey rinses on, on the front at Lytham. So, I've heard there's a bit of poppers, and I've never tried it. Don't know really what it is, but everyone's going, oh, yeah, poppers, man. Yeah, pretending yeah. they're all the fucking Beatles. Uh, and then... Um, Julian Copley said, it's upstairs in the attic on the on the table tennis table. How the fuck have he, has he got a table tennis table into the attic? <laughs> and just to add on to the brag, there's a bit of poppers on there. <laughs> Point A, I've no idea. Point B, though, very excited yeah. about it. Was the party that night called Ping Pong and Poppers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's an idea for a bar we could open. So I've gone up to the attic, seen the ping pong table... <laughs> Poppers on the side of it, near the net. <laughs> Little brown bottle. Yeah. I likened it to uh, a nose blocker, unblocker. Yeah, yeah. Without the pipette. So I've opened it, had a sniff, drunk it. Oh, like like a like um, Alice in Wonderland. Similar. You said, you said a little vial. Similar, yeah. Did you, did you grow bigger than the house? Well, I coughed immediately. <laughs> oh! I coughed immediately and thought... Fucking hell! Because it's um, what what is it? Um, is, is it is it amyl nitrate? Um, but I've had to style it because everyone Shit. else is, is is saying, oh, this poppers is amazing. It gives you a proper head rush for. Did you neck the lot? No, no. I've gone a little bit. I was going to say, did you neck the lot? Really not sure. This is what I'm supposed to do, uh, have done with it. So I confided in who someone I thought was my friend there called Jonathan Sumner, and I've said, uh, so this poppers right? I've gone up there. I've had a sip. He's gone. You fucking <laughs> penis! Here, listen to what this cock's done. Here, Cobbly. Here. I'm trying to gather my reputation back as the guy who's neck poppers. So I've coordinated a, a group of friends and said, "Look, at lunchtime, I've got this strongbow cider. I've smuggled it into school in my kit bag. We'll have some Benny Hedgehogs and some cider at lunchtime." <laughs> Just basically trying to recover some ground. Yeah. Matt Byron, Craig Baines, Nick Stakes all got on board. Go around the back of the school. Words got around that I've got some cider. I don't know who the infidel is. We're halfway through necking this cider, having a Benson and Edges. Like a scene from Zulu, teachers in a pincer movement appear from every fucking angle. It's like they've been they've been hiding out. Fucking hell! They've got wind of uh, the time of the location. Yeah. Of so we've been completely infiltrated. Yeah. And, and now that out. we're adults, we know that some of them teachers who might have been a bit of a lad might have gone, "You fucking lads." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah, little yeah. tinkers. Yeah, yeah. But I've got to be angry about it. Yeah. But deep down, what a move. Yeah. What a move. And also, big Nick Stakes has got his tie around his head like a Rambo. And he's only a diminutive figure, Nick Stakes. He's he's in, he's in the middle there, smoking his tab. And then he spots Mr. Mr. Woodrow. Just popped his head up like that. And he's gone, Woodrow! <laughs> Throwing his tab down like Rambo would. And just pegged it. Whereas I've just panicked. The three of us have just been round up. But Stakes yeah. has pelted off yeah. into the distance. Yeah. He Did was, he get off? Did no, he get off? no, no. He was captured eventually. So. <laughs> captured. Rounded up. <laughs> Snared. You mentioned Zulus there. Yeah. I worked in a call centre. We used to use the phonetic alphabet, so they'd ring up. To say you want to order an iron yeah. from Littlewood's catalogues back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd ring up, you'd say, okay, I want to order an iron, and it's item ZK541. 
Okay. Or ZG724. Bit like filling out an Argos. Yeah, so I'd, so I'd say, to make sure I got the right letters, I'd go, all right, so that was Zulu Golf 724. Yes. And every time I would say that, I'd think of a Zulu mm-hmm. in whatever setting the following letter would be. So Zulu Golf would always be like a Zulu in a golf club. Okay. So knowing what golf clubs are like, the Zulu <laughs> is committing all sorts of dress code errors yes he's got no clothes yeah. on apart from maybe um, and I'm going about the historical Zulu here yeah, and like in the film Zulu right as opposed <clears> to what <throat> the uh, contemporary Zulu Mate, I don't know what a contemporary Zulu look. I presume a contemporary Zulu dresses like you and I possibly so I would have all these different images of the Zulu in these different settings it's funny though yeah so like uh, oh I want to order um, item ZR431 um, so that's Zulu Romeo 431 suddenly Zulu is in Romeo and Juliet it's a very white presentation of the play. Sure. But there's a Zulu in there. Stick a Zulu in. Stick a Zulu in. So there's, mate, there's loads when you go through the phonetic, phonetic alphabet. Chuck a letter at me. Right. J. J. Oh, Juliet. Juliet. So, so the Zulu is with Juliet. So I maybe gotcha. he's ousted Romeo. Yeah. So in this production of Romeo and Juliet, She's the fucking Zulu, Zulu tops himself at the end using his spear. Maybe it's like a kamikaze sort of death. Right. Falls on his own spear. Gotcha. Next one. Zulu, what about H in a hotel? Zulu hotel. So every hotel... It's like a great film. It's like a BAFTA winning Exactly. Film. Every hotel has a Zulu. Right. So it's like, instead of like... So the, so it might be... Instead you, of a porter. Instead of a porter, you've got the Zulu. So, okay, or we'll get the concierge. Zulu. Or, or Yeah, or the, the Zulu might be the manager. Yeah. So, so it might be... And I always used to think about it in terms of race and making people feel uneasy. <laughs> so this person's booked themselves into the high-class hotel in town. They expect the manager to be white, rather posh. They get there... Zulu. Full Does, Zulu doesn't speak a fucking word of the Queens. In fact, he's quite threatening. He's got Michael Caine in the back, hostage. He's got the Welsh guy singing bread. He's got so you've got your hotel Zulu. Yeah. You've got your golf club Zulu. Yeah. Uh, whiskey. Whiskey. W whiskey. whiskey. You've got your Zulu. He's ratted. Eating some whiskey angel delight. He's got his onto the whiskey angel delight. <laughs> He's ratted. He's always ratted. Or, or, or I think about him in America in the Prohibition days, smuggling whiskey in okay. to America. So yeah. it's like, fucking hell, who's this guy? He's not very undercover. He doesn't like any of us. Is he not cold? It's fucking February in New York in 1933. He's got fuck all on apart from this like dodgy little thing covering his bits. But Which is how he's smuggling his whiskey. But no matter what you think of him, he's good for whiskey. What, Zulu doing the foxtrot. Ballroom Zulu. Right. So Zulu doing the fox trot. On Strictly. But historically, when the when the ballroom was a thing, a big thing at the turn of the last century. Yeah. Where everyone's in the fucking dicky bowl. There's a there's a again going back to dress codes. Yeah. Zulu don't give a fuck. Yeah. He rocks up and his version of the fox trot is different. Yes. There's a sacrifice involved. <laughs> a lamb. A lamb. He sacrificed a lamb at the start of the fox trot. Oh, He'll get the blood of the lamb. He'll cover the female partner yeah. in lamb blood. But then after that, the foxtrot is as normal. Okay. But there is a bloody element to it. <laughs> and at the end, he could pour a cup of the lamb's official sacrificial blood and give it to each of the judges. Yeah. Just yeah. before they score him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, what is Mike. Mike. 
So the Zulu just got. He's just. He's just got. He's, he's, he's just he's, called Mike. He's just called Mike. Yeah. And he just has a normal job. Yeah. So he's a mechanic, maybe. Okay. So you turn up. You take your car for a service. <laughs> Normally they've got their overalls on. Yeah. Normally they they would be white. Yeah. You know, in the working class areas yeah. where we take it. Yeah. This is again what John Barnes said about all of us being a bit racist because yeah. how we've been stereotyped. And yeah. We were born in 1975. You were born in 76. Uh-huh. We were born in the mid 70s. I remember once seeing a guy working on the roads in Preston with a high vis on and he was black and I remember in my head going oh black guy working on the roads in Preston because it stood out yeah and in my head it pinged something so when I turn up to mechanics in Preston I would automatically expect them to be white if I took my car I used to take my car actually in Cheetah Mill um, South Asian lads used to look after my car when I lived yeah. in Manchester in the city I'd have that but in the suburbs in the suburbs in Brex- in the Brexit heartlands mm. white people will do yeah. their jobs no you're right there's always been that in, in Sheffield where I lived for a short time you've tried the cowboys now try the Indians wow on the side of a van amazing that's good that isn't it yeah very good and Prince uh, Prince Philip did that once didn't he where he, Prince Philip you know with these he, he makes fuck ups left right and centre yes he was in a factory going round it once with Lizzie she, oh yeah I do know this story yes. and he saw a dodgy plug fitting the excuse for him is that he got mixed up. Yeah. He meant to say, that looks like that's been done by a cowboy. <laughs> what he actually said was, that looks like that's been done by an Indian. <laughs> it's a hard one to get out of. It's a hard one to gauge. Yeah. Because he's got to the stage where his, his reputation precedes him. Mm. So maybe he's fucking with us a little bit by the stage. <laughs> maybe, yeah. He's already told his aide, his royal aide, when we go in here today, if I see any dodgy fittings, I'm going to say this. The royal aid has gone, oh, your highness, can you not do that? And he's gone, fuck you. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. They need a little bit from me. I've not been racist for six weeks now. I'm going to chuck some in. <laughs> so, so that's it, really. Yes, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Yeah, see you next time. Bye-bye, darlings. Bye-bye, bye. Bye. bye, bye. bye.